Welcome to Season 6 of Paper Talk, where we talk about tips and tricks on navigating and building your small creative business. I'm Quinn Nguyen of Pinga Mosey. I'm Jesse Chu of Crafted to Bloom. And I'm Sarah Kim of Handmade by Sarah Kim. In Season 6, we'll be sharing our experiences and insights on running a small creative business from managing finances to building your brand. We'll also be interviewing other small business owners and experts in the field to get their perspectives and advice. So join us as we dive into the world of small creative businesses and help you take it to the next level. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2024. We wanted to start this year off with talking about our equipments because we do a lot of podcasts. We do a lot of videos. We do a lot of photography for images to share on social media. And we've never really talked about all the different equipments that we actually use. We've been in the business for, gosh, Sarah, you've been in the business for over 20 years now, right? Not that long. But it's, I think I'm hitting like 13 years, yeah. 14 years. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I've had my fair share in different cameras, starting from my phone to an actual camera. And I'm so glad that we get to talk about this today because I actually upgraded this new year with the holiday sales. I know, I'm so excited. So I actually ended up upgrading like literally in the new year to a mirrorless. So I actually went from a DSLR to a mirrorless camera. And it's all because of you, because you had your amazing mirrorless camera that I saw when we met up in Seattle. Yeah. That one's really nice. It is. I have, it's a Canon R6 II. So this is the latest model that came out just last year. And I purchased it with my book money. So when you sign a book, they give you like a little commission to kickstart everything. And I knew I had to photograph all the photos and my camera, even though it was good, I just felt like the celebrate that moment. And I know Mm -hmm. this camera is going to take me for a long time because it's really the lens that you really want to focus your investment in and the body is to be the vehicle to the lens. It's really interesting because when you look at all the different brands of cameras out there from like Fuji, Lumix, Panasonic, Sony, every single one has their own pros and cons. And I've always had a Canon and I I know all the different buttons. I know how to edit it. Canon tend to have brighter tones of photos. And I did for a short while had a Fuji and Fuji is beautiful. I I have to admit when you take a photo of your images, it's very, has this almost like film quality to it that you cannot get with other cameras. And I I love that, but it was was quite different. And the reason why I got the Canon R6 too was it could do video and it could do still images in a very top tier way that I knew that I'm going to be videoing all the different tutorials and taking pictures for the book. It was just a no-brainer for me to get that. But it was a lot of research. It was like endless amount of reviews that I was watching through YouTube. Yes. And it was the whole Canon versus Sony. And I feel like it comes down to preference. And it's funny that you mentioned your Canon because I did look into that too, because I actually came from a Canon DSLR, but I ended up switching to Sony and a Sony mirrorless camera. And it's not, I didn't get one that was like brand new. It's actually a couple years old that it released. And I ended up finding it like really mint condition on OfferUp. I drove on, I want to say on New Year's Day <laughs> in the rain <laughs> to pick this up locally because the deal was so good. And I ended up getting the Sony A7C. It's not like up to date, but it's still somewhat new. And it is pretty expensive still, even when you get it brand new and they do have it still available like brand new out of the box, but you can definitely find them 
on OfferUp and find like good condition used cameras. But yeah, and then I ended up getting a Sony lens, like a GM lens, which is supposed to be like really good. Yes. I was so excited about it, but I'm going to be honest, I went from a Canon. So going into the Sony, like you said, I do love warmer tones. And I felt like my Canon had a warmer tone. And I can't really explain it in the words like a real photographer would. But in my head, I think it's warmer on a Canon, whereas the Sony seems a little like colder tones. Yes, I have to agree with um, you on that. Yeah, but ultimately it was just such an upgrade that from my old DSLR. And it's funny because I actually looked up DSLRs to replace it, but they're, they don't make them anymore. No. I feel like most of the companies just stopped and they're all in the whole mirrorless game. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I think this is it. Yeah. I have to let it go. And it was a weird, yeah. It's a sad moment. Goodbye to my, yeah. And, but I realized it was like almost 10 years that I haven't upgraded because it was really good at it and it worked. My biggest thing was I really wanted to do better videos and my DSLR didn't shoot in 4K. So I was like, if I was going to upgrade, then I need to upgrade so that it's meant for video. And actually, from all the reviews that I took away from, I felt like the Canon is better for photographers and Sony's are preferred by videographers. Yes. So it's like, a I don't know which one. And then I ended up with the Sony. Yeah, so. it totally makes it, sense yeah. for you because I see you more as a video media content maker, whereas mm-hmm. the reason why I brought the Canon was It was the images and I was so used to it. I knew how to edit it and it was an easy transition for me. And it was just an added bonus that I could do video along with that. Yeah. And I'm sure it's by very, we can't tell because we're not professional photographers or videographers. It's going to be amazing either way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm really excited and I'm excited to mess around with it. I like, yeah, I feel like I need to now go back to work and hurry up and make content. Yes, I know. You have inspired me to do more videos too. As soon, I keep telling this and I feel like it's an excuse, but as soon as I'm done writing the book, then I'm going to be all about video content because I feel like that is the new way to bring in passive income. Because I know that with YouTube, as long as you're putting up new content on a regular basis, you can generate this passive income that will just work for you for years upon years because their SEO keyword search engine is so good. And Mm -hmm. as long as you put in the, the work, it's it'll pay off. And it's one of the few yeah. platforms I feel like today that when you consistently put things on there, you get a better return. Do you find that true? Yes, I totally think that. And I feel like my YouTube, a lot of my platforms did do well this year for whatever reason. I had a couple viral moments, so it helped boost my following counts. But I felt like my YouTube subscribers, it's definitely more consistent. And I only really post maybe once a week, maybe, and then maybe twice a month at mo- at least. Whereas Instagram, I post every day. Yes. I post every day. You do post every and day. And I'm, produ- <laughs> I'm producing videos all the time. And I-, I did have a viral moment on Instagram, which boosted my following count. Yeah. But outside of that, I was like losing followers yeah. and losing engagement. So I felt like the return is so rough mm-hmm. unless you have a viral moment, but really that's just out of luck. It is. I feel like, yeah, everyone's figuring out the algorithm, but really is it going to work? <laughs> so unless you get lucky and you have a viral moment for a second. And even then, after the week that it peaks, mm-hmm. after that, it just kind of dies down. So I feel like the effort that you put into YouTube 
it's you're going to get paid off more mm-hmm. for it. And building a channel is very like ideal. It's a goal yeah. to a lot of artists. And overall, I feel like photos are so important for us anyways. Mm-hmm. Yes. And most of the cameras are going to do a great job in making good photos. But you definitely want to make sure your camera is going to be a good video maker too. So I feel as long as your camera could do video and photos, you're off to a better start. And I feel like you can definitely still use your iPhone. Oh, yeah. Like my new iPhone is so nice. Uh-huh. Sometimes I, when I'm outside, I don't really take my camera around or anything. It's just my phone. Exactly. It's an easy whip it out and record it. Or if you want to take it more seriously, I would definitely say look into either Sony or Canon. And I actually looked into your camera a lot too. It was like on my wish list with the variety of Sony cameras too. It's a great (laughs) camera. I love it. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be using it for a very long time. It is definitely an investment and something that I saved up for. And it's fantastic. I do love it. But I would say if you have your smartphone, either a Pixel or an iPhone, To me, as a creative, Apple to me has always been that platform that really pushed toward the creative because they have such a great way of tying things together from editing. So you have Lightroom, you have Photoshop, you have Premiere, you have Audition, which is the podcast for the audio part. Before the platform that we're on right now, it's Riverside. And I actually edit all my podcasts on Descript and it's all run by AI, which is absolutely amazing, has cut my editing time by half, which I used to spend easily four to five hours per episode editing a 30 minute episode. It took a lot of time and now I can do it probably about two to three hours now, which has been a huge time saver for me because the AI system now is incredible. I think AI is here to stay and I would want to add that to my equipment list because something that I use almost on a daily basis from editing podcast to writing social media to writing newsletters sales web page things like that is it's such a helpful tool to have along with you and it's been incredible for me I would say I use Premiere and Photoshop I do have the Adobe like platform the paid version of it but I want to say don't quote me on this but there might be like free versions that you can look up for to just test it out but I would say that's something that you should totally invest in and have it as a write off to your business. I use Premiere and initially I actually used iMovie, like the free version for your MacBook or your Apple computer. But I ended up signing a contract with a partnership where they told me specifically I can't use iMovie. So I looked into that and I was like, why is that? But it's because iMovie, I like they had all these numbers that I don't really know what that mean. But I think basically it's saying that the resolution, it gets compressed. So it doesn't have high quality. It doesn't like when you actually export it, it doesn't save with high quality. So you have to edit through a better platform. And I think I the next version of iMovie. I think there is like an Apple version of it. I'm not sure what it's called, but that one I think is paid for Mm -hmm. through Apple. It's like the iMovie, but like more advanced. Oh, interesting. I think it's called maybe Final Cut. Oh yeah. Final Cut. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't used Final Cut. I don't know how to use that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. I've always been Adobe fan from Photoshop, Premiere. It's just once you learn all the shortcuts, it's just very seamless to go from platform to platform. And they all look alike. So I feel like I learned 
what it looks like first. But honestly, the first time I turned it on, I was like, what is all this? Because it's pretty scary and intimidating. There is a so, long learning curve. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. But it's so powerful. Once you do know how to use it, you can do so much more than you could possibly think about doing. Again, if you are taking it more seriously, of course, from doing an iPhone photo or an iPhone video to an actual camera and then editing it on an app mm -hmm. like on your phone versus editing it through like a, an Adobe like software, like it's going to be a huge difference. And then if you do end up with partnerships, they may or may not have that in your contract where they expect you to have higher quality. I remember when I first signed that, I actually signed it without even having Premiere. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. I ended up... That's the entrepreneur you know, <laughs> Yes, I'll figure it out after I signed the contract. Yes. And then I ended up doing like a three-day, like I, I just sat in front of my computer and followed through YouTube tutorial. And the actual Adobe company has tutorials within their software mm -hmm. so you can either do that and there's so much like YouTube tutorials based on that kind of stuff so you can probably learn off that but you'd have to sit there and do that and it's actually really scary if you're not like into that stuff yeah you know? it's all yeah. techie things that you don't think about as a creative so I have to learn all this stuff and I know not only to know how to make paper flowers yes. you have to now know how to edit your photos and your videos. Yes. Know all this information about a camera. Like I know. The exposure, ISO, <laughs> so many things. It is a step-by-step. -step. We didn't learn all this overnight. It's been a career of, what, 13 years, nine years in the making where we're constantly learning and educating ourselves in those down moments where we're not making paper flowers. We're like, mm -hmm. how can I improve and make this better? And I think part of us is like that entrepreneur part where we want to be able to do everything. Everything. I think it's the Asian part of us. It's, we can make it happen. We just need to learn. Our Asian parents has pushed us to say, you better make an A. If you do 90, that's a fail F. Yeah. I, but I feel like, I don't know, in this day and age, like there's so much more opportunity, like with your paper flower, like work mm -hmm. with photos, with videos. So I feel like you have to get good at yeah. it, even though you're just a paper flower artist. Exactly. You still have to know how to take photos. Yep. In the beginning, I actually hired photographers or I asked friends that were photographers, Same. but you could only do that so many times yep. eventually. And there's those moments in between that you need to do that. Like you're not going to like have this whole day of photo shoot mm. like happening. So then the days in between, I had to figure out like I still want a good photo of the work I just did recently. That's probably why I ended up figuring all of that out. And even then, I'm still not good at it. I'm always trying to learn how to make better photos and better videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I definitely don't know any of the whole ISO stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And the numbers that you tell me, I don't know what those mean. I just sometimes I actually just look up a, like a tutorial on YouTube on how to make your camera settings. Yeah, that has totally or, worked too. Recommend for any beginner photographers is an automatic and then look at the stats. Camera will tell you yeah. what the setting is, tell you what the ISO is, a different aperture that you want to get. It's a whole nother learning process, but we won't go into it right now because our talk is about <laughs> equipment. And we'll save it another day where we're, we can talk about how to shoot in a cloudy thing. But it's really interesting because a cloudy day in Seattle is so different from a cloudy day in California. Oh, so yeah, we can say yeah. certain things, but if it's not the exact right setting, mm -hmm. it's not going to work. But 
but at least I'll get you on the right foot to make sure that you're doing certain things. But that'd be an interesting episode for us to talk about. Yeah. And speaking of which, I feel you also need to make sure you're in a room. You designate a space for your photos and your videos that does have natural light. So I I used to use like lighting, like studio lighting. I have like two really big ones sitting in my room. But it always had that hue that I just could not edit and figure out. So I I did just opt that out. And I was like, I, I just need to do it when the sun is mm-hmm. out. And if your sun's not out, then whenever is the best timing in the day for you and your window and your room. And I do have white walls. And I feel like that's also a plus. Mm-hmm. I could tell some people if they have blue walls, it's going to have cooler tone. Yeah. If you can, I would say find a white room (laughs) with white walls and then start from there. And I still use different color backdrops, Mm -hmm. but I meant like the wall, like whatever the sun hits is what I feel the color you're going to have to see. Yeah. And also I'll tell you, depending on the day. So if you shoot in the morning, you're going to get cooler tones. But as you shoot later in the afternoon, you're going to get warmer tones. Let's talk about backgrounds since you mentioned that. So what kind of backgrounds do you use to shoot your flowers and videos? I have just a plain white desk that I use most of my videos and photos to shoot with. That's like my base. And then from there, I do have a collection full of boards that I used to purchase or I would DIY. And initially, that's the only thing they had available out there. So then I bought a couple and then I would DIY them trying to figure out like what they did. But now they actually have like fabric, like nice canvas fabric that they made it so you could roll it up and put it away rather than the boards Mm -hmm. because the boards, they like it takes up a lot of space. So yeah, the fabric ones, they're pretty expensive for being fabric in a sense, but they're really pretty Mm -hmm. and they do have nice quality and I do that I could just roll it up. So I have a handful, like I have blue tones and pink tones and then maybe one white. What are you using? Is it Lotus Collection? I don't think that's what mine is called, but I'm not sure what it's Mm -hmm. called. But once I figure it out, I'll try to put it on our show notes and see. But initially the boards that I have more boards than fabric because that's what I initially collected. Mm -hmm. I want to say I bought it like on it. Someone just made like a backdrop board. Mm -hmm. It, It is really pretty. And actually I think it has better texture because it really has like, I think they put like guac. I don't know what it's called. What is that thing called when? Gouache? Not gouache. It's like it's a texture when you paint on the wall. Yes. And that's what makes it really pretty. I feel like when I want that kind of look and then the fabric ones, they do tend to be very flat, Mm -hmm. but it has different colors that molded together. So it has that type of look, but it's definitely different. When I first started out, I would go to the dollar store and get the foam cord board because they were only a dollar piece and I didn't feel bad. If it got scratch or mark because I could grab another one or just use it to piece to make a bigger board. But you have to be very careful about the line that it creates. But it just gives you a great way to use it as a light deflector too. So I would tape one together. It's almost like an L shape. So that way, if I didn't have white walls, the white would be a bounce board to hit those shadows as much and just lessen the shadow. Yeah, those are, that's a good idea. Because I I do have, I did buy Mm -hmm. one. But you can create different tones with a sun deflector, yeah. right? Is that what it's um, yeah. And there's yeah. also the diffuser. So a diffuser is almost like fabric where the light can go through it, but it's filtered. So it's not so harsh. Mm-hmm. So it's great if you're in a sunny area 
and the sun is hitting too hard on the object, if you put on this diffuser, it will just diffuse that light and soften it a little bit. A light deflector is usually will have a gold tone, a silver tone or white or a black one if you want to lessen things. So it's really interesting. There's so many different things to help change the light in your image, which I find really interesting. And there's also, I want to talk about portable lights. Sometimes you just need to add a light element to your image. And one company that I found that I like compared to some other ones is the Loom lights. They have ring lights. They have mini tube lights. They have the longer tube lights. They have these rectangular lights. They're almost like, you know how you have, you were talking about the big lights that you would have in the studio with the umbrella. They would also have this in a more compact, but actually very powerful light, which I found really helpful, especially in the Seattle gray area where we only have light for like four or five hours and it's completely darkness. The technology on lights have has increased. So they're now doing RGB light. So if you know your numbers, you can actually type it in and you'll get that beautiful golden hour look if you wanted that. And also when you think about lighting, think about placing lighting in front of it and on the side to create shadow. Because when you create shadows, that's where the interesting part comes out. And depending on how much light you have, if you have a lot of light, you're going to get harsher shadow. If you have lower lights, you're going to get softer shadow. But also saying this, in post-editing, you can change everything up. So it depends on if you want to be more technical or if you want to have everything perfect right at the very beginning and then be able to shoot wherever you can and do less editing at the end. Let's talk about mics. So we covered cameras, we covered lighting. And we want to talk about sound because now with video more important than ever, I have to say I've gone through a lot of different mics. I know right now you're using the Blue Yeti. I started out with a Blue Yeti and as I've done more podcast episode and really research on how sound is so important on podcasts because they really don't see you, but they do listen to you. So right now I have upgraded to the Shure SM7 mic, which is my absolutely favorite mic that I've ever owned. It just sounds really well-rounded and it just has this really great sound to it. Yeah, I used a, I used a Blue Yeti and it definitely is a good starter. I think you had suggested it to me and it's pretty affordable. But yeah, for my camera setup, I do use like a mic that's separate to the camera. So you could test those out too, but they're pretty affordable. I actually just upgraded to a wireless one but I haven't actually tested it out. So I don't know what it's going to be like, but I thought that was a cool idea because I, the lens that I use, it's actually really zoomed in. So I or zoomed out. So I could put it farther, but I want the sound. So then that's why I wanted a wireless yeah. mic so that I could have the mic closer to where I work mm-hmm. and still capture the sounds. I feel like the more and more I'm getting into videos, I feel like, like you said, sound is actually a lot more important than you yeah. think because I thought it wasn't that big of a deal, but it actually <laughs> is outside of even being on the podcast. But just overall, if you have good sound, it really does make or break your video. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. If you were to focus on anything, sound is so important. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've been researching more is a shotgun mic, mm-hmm. which is something that will hook up to your DSLR or your mirrorless and will capture sound versus having a mic that needs to be tethered to a computer, which is another option since I'm hoping to do more YouTube videos where I'm going to be out and about 
and not have lug around my laptop. And with the SM7B, I have to hook it up to a computer or sound processor to be able to get that sound. And so that's another investment that I'm going to probably pull the trigger and get just because I have this big project coming up and we're going to be outside and nowhere near a laptop. So I have to be very conscious about that too. But it's step-by-step is, do you have a need for it to buy certain equipment? Don't buy things on a whim. Do your due diligence, research it. Make sure you have all the different wires and cables. I have to say, I have to warn you, with this, the Blue Yeti is a USB that will plug directly into your computer. The SN7B does not. You have to have a male-female component and a processor that will run it through. And I have a Rodecaster Pro 2, which actually controls the different sounds that can run that process. But it's just another step. And this is something that I'm always... I, I consider myself a techie. I probably have more tech equipment you than are. my husband. Yes, so yes. that's something that I'm just passionate about. And that's where my money go. I don't buy purses. I don't buy shoes. I actually buy equipment, which is so funny. <laughs> I actually said that this new year, I want to invest more back into my business because the previous years, yeah, if I made money and it was a good month, I'm going to go treat myself to a new shirt or an outfit. I'm totally that girl. And I am girly. I'm a girly girl. So I love getting my nails done and my hair done. But I was like, you know what? I think this is it. This year, I'm actually going to, if I have a good month, I want to make sure I invest it back into my business finally (laughs) by getting a nicer camera or yeah, because those things are not cheap either, but they are worth Mm -hmm. it other than like my (laughs) clothes or girly girl moments. I'm like, I don't even care about that purse that I bought anymore (laughs) because it's out of style. Right. But this kind of better equipment, it actually does make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Your presence on social media, on your YouTube and all of that. So I do think it's worth investing into back to your business. Yeah, I agree. It's something I'm super passionate. So if you guys have any questions, I'm an open door, open book. Message me, message Sarah too. Ask about what we're using and how we're loving it or not loving it. And the things that we're talking about today, these are something that we use on a day-to-day basis and that we actually love and highly recommend because it's something that is important to us. And we want it to be something that is a value tool for you to have in case you're ever ready to upgrade your camera, your mics, things like that because we know how it's important it is to grow your business in this particular manner. Yeah, and I, and if there is a person that you like that through Instagram or on YouTube, you should look up what they mm-hmm. use because that's where you start. I feel like that's where I started and I was like, oh, I like the photos that they take or I like the videos that they have. And if you look through their description somewhere or on their blog or whatever, they're usually, they usually have that type of information. So if you guys do Quinn's photos or my (laughs) photos, then at least start from there. You know, we're not professional photographers or videographers, but I do like to think we're definitely giving a, a better quality than someone that starts off. I agree. Yeah. Quinn, definitely you are my inspiration when it comes to tech. Cause I'm like, Whoa. And it's funny because I feel like people think I am techie, but I'm so not, which is like when I had to learn like how to use a Cricut machine or a Silhouette machine, like I was like, I don't know how to do any of this (laughs) stuff. 
which is funny. That's what I do now. I didn't know how to record a video. Like I literally didn't even know where the record button was on my camera because I just had it on like photo. So if Sarah can do it, you can do it too, everybody. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It is very approachable. When you break things down, it won't seem as daunting. I know sometimes when you look at certain things, like we talked about Adobe, it is daunting. But the best thing is look on YouTube. There are so many different instructors out there that represents or give you information that is easier for you to consume and at different levels. Some are very beginner level, some are intermediate, some are more advanced. Pick the person that speaks to you and you can understand what they're saying and then just go from there because all you have to do yeah. is learn a little bit. Before you know it, you're going to be an expert. It all takes time. Everybody starts at the beginning somewhere. If you have any further questions about mics, cameras, Anything that has to do with videos or images, DM us. We're an open book and we would love to answer any of your questions. To end our episode for today, I'll talk about my favorite snack that I am loving right now. So I'm trying to be better, healthier this year. My snack right now is actually juice. So I am loving this combination of juicing. A couple stalks of celery, one green apple, a couple of carrots, a big knob of ginger, and that's it. And I just do a cold press juicer that our friend actually gave us because he purchased a brand new juicer. And I juice that every single day as my snack. And it's about probably 10 ounces of juice that I get. And it's been great. I've been loving it. How about you, Sarah? What's your favorite snacking thing right now? I should get better at not snacking. But in the new year, Koreans love doing rice cakes in the years. So that's currently what I love, but I need to stop. But they you could only buy a lot at once. You can't buy a cup. So we're just finishing those up. And my favorite is the little like they're like colorful little balls of rice cakes. And then inside they have, I want to say maybe like brown sugar and like semi seeds or something. That one's my favorite. What is the one that you call where it's like these hot little pancakes inside are peanuts and sugar? What is that called? I love... That's not not rice cake, but then it is... But it's so good. Maybe they add rice flour. Uh Yeah, it's called... Yeah, they are really yummy. They're like like pancakes. Yeah. If you can find them freshly made, even Trader Joe has them, but they're not as... They They do? do, But they're not as amazing as the one you would actually get at like a food stand. And luckily in Seattle, we do have a large Korean population. And one of the grocery store up north in Linwood area, they have the stand where you can get them and it is piping hot. Be careful. You will burn yeah, your mouth if you're not careful. But it's so good. Definitely a favorite of, with my husband too. And we actually, in Korea, we ha- found them and they were savory. Ooh. So inside, they don't put um, the sugar stuff. They put like noodles and it's like a chow mein inside. Yeah. It's really good. And it's surprising that you can find like savory yeah. ones and sweet oh. ones there. But is it like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So good, I yeah. love this. And they put like soy sauce on it, so it's like a savory oh, dish. Yum. But then, yeah. But I mean, the original one is really good too. And my mom makes them out of the yeah. box, and they're uh-huh. pretty good. Too. Yum! I hope you guys are enjoying your snacks. Thank you so much for listening to us today, and we can't wait to talk to you in the next one.